Welcome to the Beers and Bible Podcast, a podcast that explores God's Word while enjoying the fruits of God's creation. You can find us on Instagram at Beers and Bible underscore, on Facebook by searching Beers and Bible Podcast, and on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can also email us at Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible, please consider leaving a five-star rating and a review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast. Billy Currington summed it up well when he said, God is great, beer is good, and people are crazy. So let us join our hosts, Michael and Anthony, for this week's discussion. Welcome to episode number 190 of the Beers and Bible podcast. I am Michael. And I am Anthony. And we are glad to be back for another week of drinking beer, talking about the Bible, doing the things that we do. Not much has changed in our worlds. Not a thing. <laughs> I like the consistency, though. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, here in a few weeks, we're going to have to, we're going to have to change some things up because we're going to be done with our book by book study. That's um, true. We're but, still striving for the end of the year. Don't know if we're going to make it, but we're going to try. Yeah. And every, every week I'm like, if, because there's some weeks where I'm like, man, I am exhausted and I don't know if I feel like recording tonight. And then I remember our commitment to try to get this done by the end of the year. And I was like, no, we have to finish. I must press on. We are here for you, beers and Bible listeners. We will take a break. We'll take a one-week break after we finish this and then roll into the next thing. Maybe. We might not even take a break. Who knows? Yeah. Anyway, but no, it, it it's just like, I feel like I've been hit by a truck physically yep. and mentally this week. Mm-hmm. Um been a, lot of physical, a lot of physical labor and my brain is just like struggling to keep up with all that's going on there. Yeah. Um, but you, you know. know what you need? A cold beer and a bobble discussion. Yes, that's exactly what you need. Dude, that'd be a great t-shirt. <laughs> you know what you need on the front and then on the back? A cold beer and a bobble discussion. <laughs> we'll get all these t-shirt ideas, but nobody to no buy one, t-shirts. <laughs> no one ever wanted to buy. If you would buy Beers and Bible t-shirts, let us know. Maybe we'll throw the store back up online or something. Maybe we'll pre-sell the shirts, and once we get to a certain number, we can then we can order them and have them delivered. I've had people do that before, seen people do that. Yeah. It's not a bad idea. But anyway, let's let's drink some beer tonight. Let's 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 not talk about what we could do and talk about (laughs) what we're gonna do. Um what you drinking? So tonight I'm going back to 21st Amendment Brewery. They are based in San Leandro, San Leandro, California, I think. That's you like the, the Californias. You had an Alameda last week. Yeah. This was a San Leandro is what's on the can, so I'm going to roll with that. I have the Hell or High Pomegranate Ooh. Uh, beer. It's a seasonal. Um, I don't know if it's a ale, lager, I don't know what it is. Uh, 4.9 ABV. I had the hell or high watermelon um, along like back in the first year of the podcast. Like that's how long it's been. Um, Episode 33. Yep. Um, That was right around the time you left us. Yes. You punk. Um, (laughs) Mean, mean me. (laughs) It's fine. You had to do what you had to do anyway. um, So yeah, hell or high pomegranate. Um, I'm going to confess something. I think I've had pomegranate like, twice in my life um 
I, I know that it's hard to get the fruit out of a pomegranate mm-hmm. um, because there's like it's all like the little like beads of fruit within the uh, peel. So um, I think it's just an effort thing. I, I don't want to work that hard for for fruit. That's you know, I, it's, I just I, I buy the pomegranate juice from the store. That's what I do. Well, <laughs> anyway, but so I, I I don't have much of a a reference point for what this is supposed to taste like, but if it's good, then you know we'll see. So yeah, but that's what I'm drinking: Hell or High Pomegranate from Twenty First nice. Amendment. What are you drinking? Nice tonight. I am so <laughs> I have. Let's see. This is going to come out on September like twenty eighth, or maybe the 29th. I don't remember. Whatever the Friday is, um, it's almost Oktoberfest, so I got an Oktoberfest. It is against the grain, which I've done in against the grain before. Um, it was a while back, uh, but this one I saw an Oktoberfest. I was like, you know what? I haven't had an Oktoberfest in a year or two, so I'm gonna drink one and see if this one's any good. Your but, the uh, uh, against the grain you did was the Citra beep. down. <laughs> yeah, that's that's funny. right. That's right. That was before we banned IPAs. That was the double IPA. Mm. And I don't think I like that one very much. That checks out. <laughs> Seems like I don't rem- I don't I don't remember liking that one. So anywho, let's uh let's crack them up and drink a couple of beers, shall we? Let's do it. All right, here we go. Three, two, one, crack. I do like the smell of an Oktoberfest. I ain't going to lie. I went into the store today to pick up my my replenishment of yinglings. And uh, they had Sam Adams in there. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's that time of year again. That smells really nice. It smells just like juice. So here's here's something fun. I don't know if you like making margaritas. I like making margaritas from time to time. And I will use instead of orange juice. So the typical mixer that I use is the the margarita mix, unless I make my own, which I have been known to do. Um, but I'll just use the margarita mix and then a little bit of orange juice and then, of course, um, tequila. And so I switched up a while back. I started switching up orange juice for pomegranate juice. Mm-hmm. And not gonna lie, low key really good. Like okay, really nice, really nice flavor to your to your margarita. So if you switch up it's, OJ for pomegranates, it's giving me kind of margarita vibes. It is a very tropical smell. Mm-hmm. Yes, pomegranates like, are that way. Like more tropical than orange, I think. It also smells a little bit like cranberries, which I also like. Which, well, so I think pomegranate juice is kind of like a mix between like. Orange juice and grapefruit juice, okay. to me maybe. I don't know. I mostly only have it mixed in uh, in margaritas. So. so you've got tequila in there, also. So your palate's kind of getting just hit with all sorts of flavors. <laughs> getting hit with everything. So, all right. Well, let's turn them up. Let's have a drink. Let's do it. Cheers. Bottoms up. I do like a good Oktoberfest. 
I don't remember liking the October when we did the Oktoberfest. That was like the very first. Yeah, that was like the very first year we did it, didn't wasn't it? Yeah, I think we did Oktoberfest that first year. Um, I don't remember liking a ton of them, but I could be wrong. Let's see here. Most of them. So I was between four and three. Yeah, we were together. We're but we were record. We yeah. It was at my house. We did it. Did we do it? Yeah, we did them at my house for a while. Maybe no. Maybe we didn't. At that point, I thought we had split because. Let's see. Hang on. Yeah, but we were doing it through FaceTime. The time. The timeline is important here. (laughs) Let's see here. That's, we may have done those at your house because that was early. Yeah, like 11, um, 12, 13, 14. I mean, although I had left the church at that point. No one cares about this, but <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't long after we started that that you you actually left the staff. So, yeah, um, it's, it was it's like possible. It was like within a month. <laughs> yeah, because I remember <laughs> like I remember driving to Helen and actually getting the beer from Helen because I was like, it's a German city and they had a whole bunch of like yeah, yeah, yeah. legitimate German uh Oktoberfest. So yeah. I knew they would be good. Yeah, let me look. Yeah. I didn't rate any of the Oktoberfests. I didn't rate any of them low, but also that was very early on and Yeah. We were both in the three and a half to four range. Yeah. On just about all of them. Yeah. So anyway. <laughs> Not that anyone cares about any of that, but um good times. Good times. All right. Good times. Well, why don't you, since we're talking about Oktoberfest, why don't yes. you talk about your Oktoberfest? So this one is is good. It's smooth. Um, I mean, the Oktoberfest is a lager. It's it's a darker. It's an amber lager. So um, I'm going to naturally like them anyway. Um, but this one, I mean, I, I'm probably not going to give it five losers because it's Oktoberfest. It's just mm-hmm. kind of like it's uh, it is something kind of run of the mill, something that happens every year. So, um, but based off just the the rich, so it does have a good rich flavor, which you want an Oktoberfest to have. Um, you can definitely get the the caramely notes in there, so you get the the notes that you want. Um, sweet with a little bit of bitter there at the end. So I'll give this one, I'll give it four Luthers. Okay. Because, because they did a good job. It's, it's got a nice light, uh, texture to it. So it's not real heavy. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's just a good, well-made Oktoberfest against the grain. Good job. Four Luthers for me on the Oktoberfest. Awesome. How's the pomegranate? I I think I'm going to be in the same boat and here's why. Um, I don't have. Like I said, I don't have a reference point for what pomegranate is supposed to taste like. But if I'm remembering what hell or high watermelon tasted like, it was darn near like eating a watermelon. Yeah. Like the flavor was just about perfect. Um, so I have to believe that 21st is um, able to replicate that success with other other beers. Versions um, of the same. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, the flavor's good. It's got a little bit of a bite to it, like a like almost like a sour bite to it. Yep. Um, I think I, I think I just saw this it's supposed to be a wheat. Excuse me. Um, but I'm gonna give it four Luthers. It, it's it's nice. It's a little different. Um, but 
for me personally, not having that reference point to say like, yes, this for sure is pomegranate. Like that's going to yeah. like, if I didn't have hell or high watermelon as, as a, um, like if I didn't have my experience with that to go to look back on with what 21st has done before, I'd probably yeah. rate this a little lower. Uh, like three and a half would probably be where I'd land, but I'll give it four um, just based on their history. And it's the flavor's really good and mm-hmm. texture's really nice. Um, but I can't go any higher than four just because I I don't know how, I personally don't know how accurate they are with the flavor of pomegranate. Yeah. But if you like pomegranate, you may love this or you may drink it and go, that tastes nothing like pomegranate. <laughs> I and, think they have, I think they have 21st amendment at uh cottage hill. I may go see if I can try to find it. Yeah. I just, I just saw that they, um, they distribute to like 36 states. So I'm sure, I'm sure Alabama is one of them. Yeah. But, but yeah, so there we go. A couple of four out of five Luther beers coming in hot. Yep. Um, for you tonight, we've got Oktoberfest from Against the Grain and Hell or High Pomegranate from 21st Amendment Brewery, both getting four Luthers tonight from Anthony and myself. Yep. Um, we It has been a hot minute since we've had like a run of fives. I feel like there for a while, we had a lot of fives. Mm-hmm. We did. And it, and now it's it's been like the last five Luther was over a month ago. Um, that's crazy. But anyway, beers need to step their game up, or maybe we're just getting better at what we do. <laughs> anyway, um, or maybe a combination. I don't know. So maybe a combination. Um, so tonight we're going to continue our book by book discussion through the Bible. We are rocking and rolling through the New Testament now. Uh, we wrapped up Ephesians. Last week and tonight we are going to um, do a uh, much less in-depth version of what we've already done um, <laughs> in a previous series here on the podcast. Uh, we're going to go through the book of Philippians tonight. So um, stick around. We'll be right back after the short break and we'll uh, we're going to dive into Philippians together. So we'll be right back. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Beers and Bible Podcast. We are going to um, walk through the book of Philippians tonight. If you're new to the podcast or you, um, you know, you, you've joined in the last 70 episodes or so, um, <laughs> we have already done a pretty thorough verse-by-verse uh, walk through the book of Philippians. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you want to check that out, that that starts at episode 109. Um, and goes through episode 120. So if you want to check that out for a much deeper dive, verse by verse, um, that's where you can find that. If what we talk about tonight intrigues you to go back and listen to that, then we please feel free to do so. But yeah, um, but yeah, we are that, that's 
we've already done this at a much deeper level, so we're going to uh, not do that here tonight at a deep level. Actually, we're That's done. Right. We'll see you all next week. Um, no, I'm just kidding. That's um, the episode. That would be hilarious if that was the end, but it's not. So um, so tonight we're going to do the same thing we've, we've been doing for the last year and a half. Um, we'll uh, present some data, some advice, and then we'll do our, our walkthrough. So um, yeah. so orienting data for the book of Philippians. Um, this was written by Paul to the church in Philippi um, to mainly encourage them to continue in what he had already taught them. Mm-hmm. Um, he was part of the founding uh, founding fathers of the church, so to speak, um, in 48 AD um, with Silas and Timothy. Um, and the book or the letter to the Philippians was written around 62 AD. Um, do you, Anthony, I, I'm going to ask you this question. Do you hold to the um, belief that uh, Timothy helped him write this or do you think it was all Paul? Um, it's, it's really hard to say. Um, I think if Timothy wrote it, then I think he was just, I think he was more of a, uh, scribe scribe for, for Paul. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think any of the, I don't think any of this is the words of Timothy. Okay. Um, if that makes any sense, like, I think it's Paul, um, Paul may have you, because Timothy and Paul were, were pretty close anyway. Um, and so I don't know. I mean, maybe if I were to go any direction, I think it would be like Paul and Timothy may have discussed some things, but in the end, the writing comes from Paul. Yeah. Okay. In my view. So I got you. I was just curious because our, because the, because the reference book we're using says that, uh, Paul and his companion, Timothy, uh, were the authors. And so I was curious what your your thoughts on, on that. I know there's a lot of people who, who kind of, attribute it as a co-author book um eh, i don't know i just i don't get there because the book is so centered around paul and paul's struggles that i mean maybe it is timothy writing what paul was going through but i i again that i think that's still a it's paul's story and it's paul's words you know but yeah there's that i understand i understand all right, so um, there's going to be looks like six emphasis here. Uh, for the, I was just curious what you thought about that because, <laughs> you know, sometimes you disagree with the book that we're going through. Yeah, you have it pretty good points. You have good points usually. So, um, all right, so the emphasis here um, for the book of Philippians is that um, the the first one here is Paul and the church in Philippi. Um, have partnered together in the work of the gospel um that their their end goals are the same um and 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 what they're what they're trying to accomplish lines up with each other um paul's gonna talk about how christ is the key to life from the beginning to end he's the key to all life um and and paul's gonna discuss that as well um paul's gonna uh talk about how knowing Christ is, um, or how you how you know Christ is by becoming like Him through His humility, all the way to the point of death. Um, it's a pretty well well known uh, verse. We'll talk about later. Um, Paul's going to talk about that when there is suffering, that we are to continue to rejoice in Christ. Um, Paul's in prison at this point. Remember that um, he's 
a lot of his letters he writes in prison. And Paul is, if 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 there's an example of Paul to be ta- to be had, um, I think throughout any of the New Testament is that it is possible to rejoice when the circumstances don't make it don't make sense for us to be able to rejoice. If that makes sense. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. So. Um, <clears throat> And the only way that we can rejoice is through Christ and through our relationship with him and through the understanding that he has a greater plan. He has, um, you know, an end goal in mind that we could never comprehend. Um, yeah. There's purpose for for everything we go through. We've talked about that a lot. Um, and, and so um, when we suffer, not if, not, it, you know, maybe, maybe not. But when suffering happens, um, we are called to rejoice, and that rejoicing is only possible through uh, trusting in Christ and trusting in his plan for us. Yep. Um, He's going to talk about unity, um, specifically unity, um, I believe, between believers um, through humility and love. And then... um, then he's going to talk about uh, the certainty we have um, in pursuit of the final prize, which is salvation. Um, we can have that certainty, um, and we can know that Jesus has saved us. He is He has called us to be His, um, and and we can know that. So yeah, um, that's just a little bit of the data that we need to. Keep in mind as we read through the book of Philippians, um, Anthony, why don't you give us some advice on how to read the book? Yeah, so um, Philippians is, a, is one of those books that can be a little difficult to read, um, mostly because uh, it's it's almost like haphazard. Um, it's, it's a little difficult to follow the thought process, but if you think about um, three different kind of different types of letters that were circulated in uh, ancient Near Eastern culture and time, um, then it'll help you understand a little bit better what's going on in the book. It'll help you kind of be able to parse the stuff together um, and build build the thought processes. And so as we go through this, as we walk through the sections, I'm going to mention these three types of letters, but then I've, I've kind of tied each section to what style of letter that that would have been pulled from. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, so I'm going to give you these three types and then, and then we'll mention them as we go through. So you can see that, that built all the way through, because you're going to see how Paul uses these three letter types um, throughout the book. And, and it's not an exact science. So it, it's, you know, just kind of bear with us a little bit, but, but it's, it's going to be there to the point where you can say, okay, I see what Paul's doing. And, and it's, three very specific types of letters that were written. So um, these letters in near ancient Near Eastern times, you would have had uh, a friendship letter, a moral exhortation letter, and an encouragement letter. Okay. Um, so first is friendship. Friendship was culturally a lot different then than it was now. Okay. Um, and and I, I'm going to say this with very great hesitancy because I realize the the kind of stigma that it's going to put on it when I say this, but friendship was almost like an employee employer relationship. And mm. I don't mean in a, like, I'm going to pay you to work for me type of thing. But if you've ever had a boss where 
you can be 100% honest with that boss and know that like your job's not going to be on the line. Um, that, that kind of boss, like, um, somebody who is, who is a trusted friend and, and you can say, man, I'm going to say this for your benefit. And then he's going to tell you the same thing. It's every, you know, he's helping you grow. You're helping him grow. And, and, that's that's really the concept of friendship back in this time. Mm-hmm. It was a mutually beneficial, socially improving relationship. Okay, each person used each other per uh, each other as a way to basically improve your status in society. If if that makes sense, mm-hmm. and 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 it was understood that way. And I mean, now we talk about it like friendships have to be, you know, a, a true friendship is this and it's that, and and no, like. A friendship can be something that a person benefits from. Yeah. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be like this. This weird. Uh, I, I think of what Western society has made friendship today, and, and Western society has has really kind of jacked up a lot of these kind of relationships. But in the end, like each person brought benefit to the relationship, and each person sought benefit from the relationship. Okay, mm-hmm. so now think of a letter that you would write back and forth between that type of friend you know it's going to be an honest it's going to be an open it's you know you're probably going to be willing to say hard things um because again the the understood goal is to improve each other is is to help your friend improve and your friend to help you improve and so um there's going to be this this back and forth um that that happens in the letter and and the the goal of this back and forth is the mutual edification of both parties you know both Paul and the Philippians okay mm-hmm. and so when you see that know that that's what it is and and the purpose of that is to grow their friendship status okay so there's a friendship letter all right and then we have a moral exhortation letter so a moral exhortation letter is a letter that would be written by a friend and again, we just talked about saying the hard things, but it could also be written by somebody who would be considered a moral superior. Somebody here like, man, I want to strive to be like that person. They would write a letter and they would say, here's the way that you need to live your life. And this letter was was typically written with the intention of persuading or dissuading somebody from a, a, a type of behavior or an action or a thought process. And the purpose of the letter is, again, to make whoever the reader is a better person. All of these mm-hmm. these letter styles are are to grow people. Um, and and so you've got you've got this uh, this concept of of you need to strive to be like this thing or this idea or this mindset. you need to you need to strive for those things. And I think the chief example of this type of writing inside of the letter of Philippians is Philippians chapter two, where we have the humility of Christ. And, and it says that Christ humbled himself even to the point of death. Um, he laid aside his um, glory in heaven and he, and he put on humanity and he came down and he dwelt among, among men. He humiliated himself. We don't like to think about the word humiliated as a, uh, a term like the way I just use it because you're like, no, Christ could not be humiliated. No, he was humiliated. He 
condescended down to humanity in order to to dwell among us to tabernacle among us that's the beauty of the gospel is that a that the god of the universe would condescend down to man and take on humility and take on the form of man in order to provide salvation and reconciliation back to himself you know mm-hmm. that it's it's the ultimate picture to me of beauty in the gospel <clears throat> yeah all right so that's moral exhortation and then and then the last type of letter that, that we'll see throughout this is going to be the encouragement letter um a lot of times a letter of encouragement was written to frame suffering correctly and you've already talked about it it's not if you suffer it's when you suffer and so we know it's going to happen and and so part of going through suffering is is having your mind contextualized in a way that says, I am going to walk through this. I'm going to make it. I'm going to learn. I'm going to grow. And I'm going to have the right mindset that keeps me pointed at Christ. Okay. Um, in Philippi, there was there was some strong opposition uh, for, for people who worship the emperor. <clears throat> and so... And and these are not necessarily like Christians in the church or or it's it's just culture at large, but they're going to kind of take shots at the Philippian mm. Christians. Okay. Um, they're gonna make life rough for them. You know, and and it's and and we find this even more and more today in today's cultural context or sociological context. We find this type of, of activity really beginning to increase. Now, I'm I am not going to call it persecution. I think what the early church went through was persecution. Um, what we're going through is not persecution, but there is a a cultural movement right now that is seeking to push church and specifically biblical Christianity to the outsides or the outcasts of society. That's what the attempt is now. I can go through millennia of church history and show you that anytime that has been attempted, the church has grown and flourished in ways unimaginable. Okay. Mm-hmm. So remember what Philippians 1 6 says as we walk through really this whole entire thing that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. And so None of your suffering, none of your struggles, trials, or anything like that are meant to bog you down and draw you down. The purpose of those is to teach you and build you into the person that God is building you into for your glorification. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we got those three types of letters. Keep those in your mind as we walk through this kind of section by section. Uh, We'll be able to move through this pretty quick because each section is, is not this... Whereas Ephesians was a lot of doctrine, uh, Philippians is really just kind of a lot of just hard hitting facts and just, uh, you know, this, this, it's either encouragement of, of here's how you can grow or it's a, Hey man, uh, make sure you're, you're paying attention to this kind of stuff. It's that moral exhortation. You're going to see that Mm -hmm. a lot. Um, and then you're also going to see the friendship stuff playing in. So let's get our walkthrough going on. Take us through the first couple of chapters here. Sure. So uh, we're going to start with salutation, thanksgiving, and prayer in the first 11 verses of chapter 1. This is going to be a friendship section of the letter. Um, Here in the opening section, uh, Paul is going to greet the Philippians. He's going to express his gratitude for their partnership in the gospel, uh, and he's going to pray for them with joy. Um, 
And then he emphasizes their shared fellowship and spreading the message of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was interesting too, as I was looking through it. Um, the book says that this is the only letter that Paul mentions the overseers and deacons in a salutation. And, yep. and he, mm-hmm. he writes, um, so all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, including the overseers and the deacons. And they, the re, the not readers, were the readers, the writers of the book um, that we're using as our foundation here, um, you know, they, they kind of put out there that, you know, this is perhaps there were two women leaders that Paul's going to talk about later um, mm-hmm. that weren't seeing eye to eye on something. So maybe, you know, I, I, I don't di- I don't I don't really have a strong opinion either way. It's just it's just interesting to me. And and you know, you read all the salutations and you and you, to me they kind of get like Paul an, an apostle of Christ, Paul a servant of Christ, Paul a like like you know they get almost routine or mundane yeah. and then they're you're able to look at them and be like, oh, there's something new in in this one. Um and we do that with we do that with scripture all the time. You'll read a verse yeah. for the hundredth time and go, oh, I've never noticed how this ties to this, or <laughs> you know, oh, God'll um have you sit on a word that you've you know glazed over, you know, every other time you've read it. It's yeah. just interesting to me, stuff like that. Um so um, but as usual, sorry, that was a little diatribe a little bit. Um, but Paul's <laughs> there's gonna be the prayer of Thanksgiving, a petition. Um and, and that petition is going to kind of set up a lot of the concerns for the letter um, yeah. that Paul's going to have here. So um, the next, the rest, not the rest of chapter one, but the next few verses here, um, Paul's going to lay out his circumstances. He's going to reflect on his imprisonment. Um, and this is, again, a friendship section of the letter. Um, so Paul's going to discuss how his imprisonment has actually furthered the spread of the gospel. Um which again, you were just talking about like persecution leading to church growth, like Paul's living it right here in this section. Um, uh, You know, the, even the imprisonment of the leading Gentile apostle won't stop the gospel from spreading. Um, So don't think too much of yourself with whatever circumstances you like. I'm not trying to like downplay whatever situation you got going on, but like Paul was perhaps the greatest apostle for the Gentiles. Yeah. He was the leader. He was the one that the Gentile church, and I would imagine a lot of the the Jew, like the Jewish church, I hate saying it that way, but like Messianic Jews, Gentile Christians and, and Jewish cultural Christians. That's how I'll say it. Um, like they were looking to Paul for leadership. He's yeah. in prison still able to lead and lead well. So yeah. <laughs> um, whatever you've got going on, it may be terrible. I'm not, again, not trying to downplay it at all, but that doesn't get you out of the game, so to speak. That yeah. doesn't, that doesn't get you to sit on the bench and, and, and wait idly by as, yeah. um, you know, opportunities to share the gospel pass. So um, no pity parties. That That's what, that's pretty much <laughs> what I'm saying here. Um, and then Paul's going to rejoice. Paul is rejoicing in the fact that he's in prison. Um, Classic and, Paul. <laughs> he's what a guy. Um, and, and he's not rejoicing because of his circumstances. Again, we've talked about that a lot. Golly. 
my beer is fighting back tonight. Um, he's not rejoicing because of his circumstances, but he's rejoicing because of his relationship with Christ and his relationship to Christ. Yeah. Um, you know, here and then that this is where we get the um to live as Christ to die as gain. Like mm-hmm. that's you know, either one, Paul's satisfied. Yeah. You know, if he if he gets if he lives, he gets to preach Christ, and if he dies, he gets to be with Christ. Yeah. So <laughs> You know, it's a win-win for Paul. You know, he and he's gonna he's gonna do whatever. You know, if he's alive, he's gonna preach. If he's, you know, there you go. So, um, if I left that open-ended, that's my bad. Um, You're good. So, and then the next uh, next little bit here um, through about the middle of chapter two, um, we're gonna Paul's gonna talk about the circumstances uh, that the Philippians are dealing with. and he's going to exhort them to remain steadfast and united. Um, this is an encouragement section of the letter here. Um, and he's going to urge them to um, live in a manner worthy of the gospel. He's going to emphasize unity and humility. Um, he's going to encourage them to have the same mind as Christ. Um, Christ, he humbled himself and became obedient to the de- to the point of death on a cross. Anthony, you talked about that um, yeah. already. But, you know, Paul's reminding them, hey, stay humble, um, remain obedient, um, and and remain under Christ's leadership. Um, and that's all. That's all I know to to put there. Yeah. Um, I, I don't. I don't like. I don't know what it, it seems. I know it seems like we're just saying it like so simple, and. It is simple to say, and it's simple to like know what to do, but it's very difficult to know how to do that. Yeah, and it's hard. It's hard to get what you know in your mind to translate down to your heart and to um, actually live out. And I, I, I can't speak for Anthony, but I know that at times I need to be reminded of like the simplest things. Oh yeah, um, me too. <laughs> remain humble. Like remain humble. Like that's it's really easy in a lot of ways to get puffed up. And, um, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if this, I don't know if this has a place in this podcast or not, but like a lot of times you get so proud of not bad things. You're proud of, you know, Anthony, you could be proud of your, um, you run sound at your church. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. You could be, you could be proud of your mix. Mm-hmm. Um, you can be proud of something you did at work or proud of your kids or proud of um, how your yard looks. And I don't know much just saying you like anybody can, but like it's easy for your flesh to get in the way and be like, yeah, look how good you're doing. It's hard to be like, nope, Christ is Christ is first and foremost. Christ, let me do all these things. I want to remain humble and, and yeah. try to point all the glory back to him because we don't deserve it. Yeah. You know, so. I don't know. Um, I don't know. So, um, and then there's um, there's six or seven verses here in chapter two that are known as the Christ hymn. Um, and I'll read it. It's not that Do long. It. I'll read it. It's it's a great section of the it's, Bible. It's, it's not good. gonna lie. Um, <laughs> and, and it's gonna 
let, let, we'll just read it. So, um, so Paul writes in Philippians 2, 5 through 11, make your own attitude that of Christ Jesus, who existing in the form of God did not consider equality with God as something to be used for his own advantage. Instead, he emptied, emptied himself by assuming the form of a slave, taking on the likeness of men. And when he had come as a man in his external form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on a cross. For this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow of those who are on heaven, who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Um this section of scripture that we just read, um, there's a lot of deep theological stuff about Christ and and what he what he came to do, but he also talks about him displaying his it displays his divinity and his mm-hmm. humanity, um, and that that's called the hypostatic union, um, where Jesus is fully God, fully man. Um, in one flesh um and and neither cancels out the other um like like yeah. it, it's you know he is at at all times he is a hundred percent god and at all times he's a hundred percent man um and, and if that breaks your brain a little bit it it should because it's hard yeah. to wrap it's hard to wrap <laughs> our minds around because we don't, you know, there's no way for us to understand this. So, um, yep. so anyway, uh, and then um, the rest of chapter two. So we've, we've gotten through the, the first two chapters of Philippians <laughs> here. Um, Paul's going to talk about what's next uh, regarding Paul and Paul's circumstances and the circumstances in Philippi. Um, and this mm-hmm. is going to be an encouragement section of the letter. Um, Paul is going to send or Paul is planning on sending Timothy to Philippi. Um, and he like lifts up Timothy as a selfless, faithful servant. Um, and then uh, Paul is also going to speak of Epaphroditus, um, mm-hmm. who uh, he was sick, but now he's recovered. Um, and Paul is hoping to also send him back to the Philippians because he knows that um, that's where um, Epaphroditus wants to be. And uh, yeah. sounds like the Philippians uh, need him there. Also, so yep. um, that is the first two chapters of Philippians. So, Anthony, why don't you wrap us up with the last two? Sure. It's so, not really. A, it's not really a wrap up. There's a lot. To, <laughs> there's a lot more to talk about. That was I, I poorly worded that. That's my bad. <laughs> We're halfway through the book now. Um, what you're going to see. So, if you if you caught on to it, you start off with two friendship sections, then you had two encouragement sections. And the beginning of chapter three is where we get this, the the moral exhortation of the book. And so if you think of this like a chiastic structure, you start with friendship, you go to encouragement, then you have the moral exhortation. It's like the point of the book. Okay. And then we're going to back out to encouragement. We're going to back out to friendship one more mm-hmm. time as we go. So um, just kind of setting that up for where we're going. So in this moral exhortation section, Paul is going to warn them uh, on on who they put confidence in. And he's going to warn them against putting confidence in external religious achievements and 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 physical signs like circumcision, 
think back to the book of Galatians where we just had six chapters of, of railing against that kind of stuff, essentially um, different church. But remember these letters were circulated. So uh, it's entirely possible that the Galatian church might have read this letter uh, at one point or another, but he's going to warn against these things. He's going to emphasize the surpassing uh, worth of knowing Christ. And so tied to this idea of what you do doesn't get you to heaven, but mm. knowing Christ and being in Christ, think back to Ephesians chapter one, is what we should be striving for. That is where our righteousness comes from. It's not our righteousness. It's the righteousness of Christ that is imputed to us through faith in him. Okay. Um, and he's going to encourage uh, the Philippians to stand firm in this righteousness that comes from Christ and stand firm and rejoice in, in his righteousness through them. So that's uh, all of chapter three in the beginning of chapter four. Then we get to the next kind of one little small section of chapter four, where we have these concluding exhortations and it shifts a little bit. It is, it's still an exhortation, but it's more of an encouragement. And this is where um, uh, the, the real popular verses, uh, I think it's seven and eight, you know, um, if anything is good, if anything is noble, if anything is pure, mm-hmm. trustworthy, all those things, think about these things. That's what we're getting to. And so Paul's given them this moral exhortation here of saying, look, you guys can't be trusting in these types of things. You can't be looking to that. Where he's trying to persuade them. Again, we talked about the moral exhortation is a persuasion method. Okay. So see that there. Um, and then coming out of that, he's saying, if you're doing this, this, uh, type of, of moral persuasion here, if you're actually living out these traits that I'm telling you about, then you're going to be thinking about things that are pure, right, holy, good. You know, you're you're pondering on these things. And so he's encouraging them to move forward in that type of action because of their change of thought process there. Okay. And so he's going to emphasize that that once you're into this thought process, you get this peace and the peace comes from trusting in Christ. And this is where we get the idea of contentment from. Mm -hmm. Um, This is where we say, okay, no matter what I'm going through, you know, you, you've always, you've met that person that, that it seems like everything in their life is coming apart or everything is just crazy for whatever reason. And they're like, no, I'm good. Um, you know, and they just, they have this calm about them. They have this peace about them because they have a contentment that is not in and of themselves, but it comes from Christ. And, and they know where their foundation can be found. And their foundation is not in anything that they do or have done or will do, but it's in Christ. And, and so because he's building on this previous section of exhortation and he's going to encourage them, Paul is going to point to the ultimate source of contentment, which is obviously Christ. Mm -hmm. And then, that's going to lead us into one of the most popular sections of, of Philippians, which is chapter four, verses 10 through 20. Um, this is acknowledging the gift um, and the friendship that they have that is in the gospel. So this section, this section here is specifically around friendship is more written, more like a friendship letter. So we're getting to the, the end of it here. Paul is going to express his gratitude for the financial support that he's uh, received from the Philippians during his ministry times. And he's going to assure them that God will supply all their needs according to his riches. Now, we know Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I always tell people, yes, you can from prison because that's where Paul was, you know, and, and mm-hmm. it's it's like the whole Jeremiah 29.11 thing. Sure, you can say, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, but can you say that from exile? 
Can right. you say that from captivity? Because that's where those people were. So if you can't say I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, if you're in prison for, you know, and, and, and if you have to metaphor that metaphor, you know, Paul is, is physically in prison and that's where he's writing it. But, you know, what are things in our lives that we can apply that we can say, man, we, we really lock ourselves into a, into a prison of sorts. And, and we, we, and we say, no, God can't do this or no, God can't do that because, uh, because this reason and that reason, and we come up with excuses and we try to, you know, find reasons of why something won't work instead of saying that, no, God is a God of all circumstances. He's the God of, of all situations. And I can rest confident that, that God is going to work all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Romans chapter mm-hmm. eight. That's, yep. I mean, all of this stuff is tied together and, and Paul is encouraging the Philippians in this thought process to say, hey, uh, remember that when things are going wrong, Christ is your strength. You can do uh, you can do things that are hard when Christ is your strength. When when everything is is stacked against you, when society is stacked against you, and when the culture is stacked against you, and when nobody is is believing what you say, guess what? You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. You know, popular to or, or maybe against popular consent. Philippians four thirteen is not about sports at all. I, I have actually heard preachers say that, you know, oh, well, Paul uses the runner's analogy and this is a good. And no, that's not at all in the context here in Philippians. That's wrong. It is dumb. Don't say that kind of stuff because it's mm-hmm. wrong. <laughs> but but he is saying that be content in Christ first and then everything else will yeah. will line up like it should should. And the way yeah. that God has laid out for it to line out, but trust in Christ first. And so. That gets us through chapter uh, four, chapter chapter four, verse twenty. Sorry, got mixed up there. Uh, and then he's going to close it out with just some greetings here. The last couple of verses, um, Paul sends greetings to fellow Christians, and he does his typical wrapping up stuff. He mentions uh, a few of people who are in Caesar's household. All of these people would have been in, intermingling in society in this day. Um, but he closes again here with a blessing, emphasizing the grace uh, of our of our Lord Jesus Christ, which is what Paul so many times does. He ends with doxology style that says, you know, in all things, we have to give glory to God and, and we praise God because of who he is and what he's done for us. And so, yeah, um, Paul wraps it up with another friendship section. I don't know if I already mentioned that it was that that's verses 21 through 23 of chapter four. And he brings the whole thing right. And he and we've walked from friendship into encouragement into this exhortation and and then he backs out and he and he goes back to encouragement and he goes back out to uh friendship you know uh paul probably would have been a great psychologist with the the uh what do they call it the sandwich the the critique sandwich or whatever where it's like positive then you stick the negative in there and end on another positive or or anything mm-hmm. that yeah. paul would have been good at that <laughs> so but that is the entire book of Philippians. Um, again, we we did that across maybe 12 or 13 episodes earlier. I think it's like 109 through 120. Mm-hmm. So if you want to dive into any of those sections deeper and and kind of get a, a deeper grasp of what's going on, um, that was a 30,000 foot overview. Um, but feel free to go go check out those episodes for a deep dive into the book of Philippians. For sure. Anything else you want to add? I don't think so, but I like to pray for us. 
Do it. Pray for us. All right. Um, God, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for the opportunity to get together and to discuss your word. Um, God, thank you for um, just the book of Philippians. And thank you that um, it's so rich with truth and wisdom that we can take and apply to our lives. God, um, help us to uh, remember to just put all of our faith and trust in Jesus, um, not to rely on anything we've done. Not to rely on our um, uh, um, our works, but God to rely on, on the work of Jesus and to uh, completely trust in Him. Um, God help us to uh, rejoice at all times. Um, it's easy to rejoice when things are going well, uh, but God help us when things may not be going so well. Help us to um, rejoice in in the salvation that that. Jesus has given us um, even in times when it doesn't make sense um, even when we're struggling even when we're um, hurt um, when their circumstance when our circumstances seem to be um, just taking over um, God help us to rest and rejoice in you and your character and who you are and what you've done and what you always do um, and God we just thank you for um opportunities to trust you and opportunities to worship you and serve you um, and show others the love of Christ. Um, so God, that's what we ask for in the coming week is for opportunities to show others who you are and what you've done for us. So um, God, we thank you for um, just everything you're doing uh, in us and through us. And God, we just pray you continue to uh, uh, work in ways that only you can. And we ask all these things in Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen. Amen. Well, Michael, if people, <laughs> <laughs> if people wanted to reach us on social media platforms, where would they do that? You can find the Beers and Bible podcast on Instagram at Beers and Bible underscore. You can find us on Twitter or X by, at Beers and Bible P1, at least until Elon Musk decides to start charging every user for it. Um, yeah, we're getting off of it at that point, for the yeah, record. <laughs> I'll, I'll be deleting my personal, too. Um, <laughs> you can find us on Facebook by searching Beers and Bible Podcast. You can email us at Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. Um, any questions about anything we've discussed on the podcast any beers you'd like for us to try to review um we would love to hear from you and uh we look forward to uh hearing from you guys on any of those you can send us a dm or like a post or right on our wall um what was the myspace thing how'd you communicate there i've never had myspace so i don't know yeah they had like a wall but all i remember from myspace was the top eight yeah. And if you made it into somebody's top eight, you were like, Yeah, I've made it. I've arrived. Yeah, I never had MySpace, so that means nothing to me. <laughs> um if you want to be in our top eight, let us know. We'll hit you. we'll 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 do something for you, I guess. Um but yeah, that's where you can find us. Sweet. Well, until next week, I hope that your beer stays cold and your Bible stays open, and we will see you later. Peace out.